Good morning. This is Long Island Morning Edition on 88.3 WLIW-FM. I'm Michael Mackey. In February 2020, a little more than a month after Supervisor Yvette Aguiar entered office, the Town of Riverhead and the Long Island Science Center held a joint press conference announcing the development of a new museum at the former Sweezy's Department Store building on the south side of East Main Street and a town square on the riverfront to its south. At the event, flanked by regional political figures including Suffolk County Executive Steve Ballone, then State Senator Ken Laval, and then Assembly Member Anthony Palumbo, the new supervisor made an enthusiastic pitch for the importance of the partnership of the museum and the town of Riverhead for helping to revitalize downtown Riverhead. A heart transplant for Riverhead is on the horizon, Aguiar said. Alec Lewis reports on RiverheadLocal.com that now, nearly four years later, the situation is much more complicated. The Science Center purchased the property in April 2020. Both the town square and the museum's designs have undergone significant changes and have received public funding. The Science Center has not moved into the Sweezy's building or filed an application to renovate the space. The town square officials hope to establish currently a grassy area to the east of the Science Center's building, is waiting on an agreement with a master developer who plans to develop the east side of the town square with a mixed-use hotel building. And Supervisor Aguiar, once a public supporter of the Science Center in Riverhead, has turned hostile toward it. In an interview last week with RiverheadLocal.com, Aguiar accused the Science Center's president, Lawrence Oxman, of being uncooperative with the town of Riverhead. A nationwide shortage of mechanics began decades ago, partly because high school graduates were increasingly encouraged to pursue four-year college degrees rather than careers in trades, such as auto mechanics or electricians. According to auto repair industry and career development experts, it will become more acute as older mechanics retire and advanced technologies demand new skill sets emerge. Torian Parrish reports on Newsday com that the staff shortages have meant higher salaries for mechanics and longer wait times for customers seeking car repairs. Between 2002 and 2022, the number of automotive service technicians and mechanics in the state of New York declined by 7,260 or 19% to 30,750, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Meanwhile, the number of vehicles in operation in the United States grew 16 Jennifer Marr, CEO of TechForce Foundation, a Phoenix-based nonprofit, says in the next five to ten years there will be a massive exodus from the industry as older technicians retire and close their businesses. Two dozen Long Island school districts have paid a combined $28.8 million to settle 37 lawsuits by former students who say teachers, administrators, and fellow students sexually abused them, Newsday found. Districts paid former students between $5,000 and $8 million to end their lawsuits, accusing the districts of not doing enough to stop the sexual abuse. The school district's insurance companies during those times often either no longer are in business today or declined to cover the claims because the allegations date from so far back. 
Jim Bomback reports on Newsday.com that about 150 cases remain active. I don't think that districts are prepared in some cases for payouts for these kinds of settlements, said Rod Macera of the Suffolk County School Superintendents Association. Macera also is the superintendent of Center Marich's School District, which is not facing any Child Victims Act lawsuits. New York State lawmakers in 2019 passed the Child Victims Act, which allowed childhood survivors of sexual abuse a one-year window to file a lawsuit for damages. Then-Governor Andrew Cuomo extended the window a year to August 2021 because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Before the law's passage, survivors were prevented from filing suit once they turned 23. The New York State School Boards Association has been lobbying state lawmakers to provide funding to districts that are facing large payouts because their insurance companies declined to pay. This past Saturday, the Hampton Synagogue in West Hampton hosted a special Stand with Israel concert event in West Hampton Beach featuring the music of Israel with a lineup of songs and a keynote address from Rabbi Mark Schneier. Kaylin Riley reports on 27East.com that the pain and horror of the October 7th terrorist attacks in Israel and the ongoing war in Gaza are still fresh in the minds of those in the Jewish community, particularly with the rise in anti-Semitic attacks throughout the country. But Rabbi Schneier said he was not interested in creating a somber, reserved kind of environment at the synagogue on Saturday night. It was very unique, very upbeat and uplifting, he said of the concert. My philosophy throughout the war has been to transition from despair to determination. The congregation seemed to agree. The standing room only crowd reveled in the music. And Schneier said it showed quite literally in the place was shaking, he said. I saw the walls of that sanctuary shaking. That was the residence and the intensity of the music. 2023 is not 1938, said Schneier. Hamas mistakenly thought they were targeting defenseless and helpless Jews, but we're no longer defenseless and we have powerful allies. Spring School has taken a few steps closer to finding its next superintendent. Desiree Keegan reports on 27East.com that the Springs Board of Education announced at a meeting on Tuesday night that it has narrowed down 33 applicants to five finalists who came in yesterday to meet with members of both a community and staff committee for their second round of interviews. We bumped up our timeline a little bit. The applications are in, so there was no point in waiting. Board President Barbara Dayton said, It's been a process, but we're excited by the candidates that we have and are looking forward to how things go. The final five were part of a group of 11 that met virtually for rapid-fire interviews with the board and administration. Another executive session may be scheduled before the next board meeting on December 12th. Officials at Southampton Town's Housing and Community Development Office field calls from people desperate for housing nearly every day, said Kara Bach, the department's director. They are working-class people who grew up locally, have jobs in the community, and are struggling to keep their roots planted in an area with exorbitant real estate prices, she added in a Newsday interview. To help boost affordable housing options, Southampton Town is working to adopt a community housing fund plan that outlines how officials will spend money generated through a new zero 
0.5% tax on most real estate transactions. Joe Workmeister reports on Newsday.com that in 2022, Southampton voters approved a referendum to create the fund. Earlier this month, Bach detailed a proposal for the housing fund plan at a town meeting. Supervisor Jay Schneiderman said then it's important to not only create home ownership opportunities, but also rental opportunities. On Tuesday, the Southampton Town Board scheduled a December 21st public hearing on the proposed housing fund plan, which could take effect early next year if legislators approve it. Money in the fund, which already has generated more than $1.7 million, would be distributed through multiple programs under five banners if the proposal is adopted. More than 45% of Southampton Town homes are valued at $1 million or more, according to the 2020 census. Just 9.2% of homes are valued between $300,000 and $500,000 in the town of Southampton. This has been Long Island Local News on Long Island's only NPR station, WLIW-FM. I'm Michael Mackey.